Hello and welcome to the Doxology Podcast. I am Jens Nelson. And I am Lucas Stock. This is a podcast dedicated to journeying together on the road that is the Christian faith. Join us as we discuss and investigate theology and the Christian life as we strive for unity amongst our diversity as members of Christ's church. So today we're continuing Martyr May. Uh, we've, we've looked at what martyrdom is generally speaking. We've talked about uh, a specific uh, martyrology. We looked at the uh, martyrdom of Polycarp. We've had a couple of martyrs of history that we've discussed. And so today, continuing with this theme of martyrdom, um, I at least thought it would be very interesting to talk about Reformation-era martyrs, uh, specifically because it's a very unique time in church history. Everybody knows the Reformation. I mean, I'm wearing my Reformers shirt right now that talks about Calvin and Luther and Knox and Wycliffe. Um, you know, this it was a very interesting era. You know, uh, a lot of reform obviously taking place, um, trying to go back to, um, you know, the, the, the sources of the church, some people trying to break certain traditions and certain teachings and uh, just a crazy time in church history. And as it pertains to martyrdom, it was a very strange time. Uh, you had Catholics who were uh, putting Protestants to death. And in other parts of the world, you had Protestants putting Catholics to death. Um, I think that there probably were some martyrs who were put to death by, you know, just pagan societies as well. Uh, but we thought we would specifically focus in on um, martyrdom as it pertained to Christianity, it seems like. As, as Protestants and Catholics tried to uh, navigate the landscape, talk about theology, to talk about God's word, to talk about tradition and... Um, all these things, and uh, it's 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 going to be a very interesting conversation, I think. So I'm not quite sure how we want to dive into this one. Is there anything that you want to say at the outset? Do you have any uh, remarks that you want to make? Um, I'm not sure. I, I think really just as, as a way to start the conversation, I think we should kind of highlight that I don't know if we want to call it a theme or, or a characteristic or, or an observation that, that we both had regarding this period of time in this part of the world as the Reformation is taking place. Um, the martyrdom that happens or that happened, like you said, it, it's it's just different. It's unique. It's it, when, we, when we read the martyrdom of Polycarp, you know, when we when we read these these ancient stories of the early church, suffering persecution you have you have these outside forces suppressing the church and seeking it out and hunting christians down and killing them for refusing to bow to false gods you know you know all these things that that i think at least i know we we were talking right before we hit record like for at least for us i know like that's kind of what we think of when we think of the word martyr is these these brave heroes of the faith who stand in the face of oppression and opposition for the sake of Jesus, right? And, and I, I think there's good reason that that's sort of what I think the uh, maybe typical martyr looks like in our mind's eye or whatever. Um, but that's just not really what's happening in Western Europe in the 16th and 17th centuries. You right. know, Europe, not just Western Europe, but, but Europe in general was a Christian society, um, you know, everyone was born into the church, whether they liked it or were faithful or not. Everyone was a Christian at some level. Um, the church had immense 
authority over people's lives socially, but also politically. And, you know, maybe that was a good thing. Maybe it's a bad thing. That's not really what we're talking about. Um, the, the leaders, the monarchs, the nobles, the, the political leaders were Christians. Again, maybe some were more faithful than others, but that's kind of <laughs> right. a different conversation. The point being is when the, when the Reformation breaks out or, or starts, and, and even going before the actual sort of quote-unquote official start of the Reformation, we'll talk about a couple of sort of proto-reformers that, that come up in this conversation too. Um, society was Christian in Western Europe. So when the Reformation, which, which was a you know, by and large, a at the time certainly a Western European phenomenon. Um, when it when it strikes across Western Europe, it's a societal, religious, social upheaval within a Christian society that resulted in people being put to death. Not everybody, but many being put to death for their beliefs regarding the Christian religion by other Christians. Right, um, who who, dis, who they disagreed with and disagreed with them over, you know, big things and small things and slight things and many things. Like <laughs> it clearly was a time of great disagreement, which I think is a pretty mild word for it, because um, we are talking about like literal wars were fought between different sides that, for a large, you know, a large factor was. Uh, disagreements over the same religion because keep in mind these aren't religious wars between muslims and christians which throughout history have happened but these are religious wars between christians and christians which when you take a step back you know we're, we're, we're kind of familiar with the reformation we're certainly familiar with the idea of there being christians who disagree with us who we don't really have anything to do with that's certainly a reality in the world today even though that wasn't always true and it shouldn't be true it is true. Um, but if we take a step back, it sounds kind of silly. Yeah. Absurd almost to be like, you know, yeah, they disagree with you. Maybe they're wrong about this or that, but like they're Christians. I mean, maybe put it know. like put it in a modern perspective. I think we've mentioned it recently on A Christian of History. Like there there probably was a time, in, especially in English history, um, where Lucas and I, not only would we not have been friends... Um, but it's very likely that like Lucas and his comrades would have probably at least wanted to do away with me and my comrades, if not put us to death. Um, where and what I'm meaning is like you know the the Church of England, um, Anglicans, and then um, some of the nonconformists and uh, eventual Baptists. Um, that's an example of back then there were some very high, um, you know the the tensions were high. There 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 was um, disputes and. Uh, laws being enacted and passed and um, people fleeing persecution like this is some of the context this is some of the life of those people then and again you compare that today that that same that that doesn't happen um, you know maybe it happens on twitter in like little twitter wars and subtweets and endless threads about this thing or that uh, but i think like you're trying to note lucas is the difference between ancient martyrs and this Reformation era martyr is the entire Christian religion was illegal. To be a Christian was to not be living in, you know, worship of the Roman gods or whatever. Whereas in the Reformation, heresy, so incorrect 
doctrine or incorrect belief as a part of the Christian religion was condemnable to death, to, to be a heretic, uh, to, you know, whether it's your entire, you know, Christian philosophy or whether it's one segment like baptism or the Lord's Supper or whatever it might be. Um, and so, it, like we're saying, it's a very interesting, unique period in, in, in the church's history and one that, to me, I've had some discomfort as I've read and thought about some of the people. I mean, they're, they're you know... Um, oh, definitely. They're, 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 there's people that we'll mention here. Um, but for me, it, it is a very... Um, the, the, the way that I'm thinking about it is just like this black eye, this, this blemish on an era that we often think very highly of, especially as Protestants. Right. Um, as Protestants, as, as, you know, errors of the Reformation... Um, we we like to talk about you know Luther and Calvin and Zwingli and whoever else. We like to think about all the great reform that took place. Uh, we don't necessarily like to think about all the people that were put to death by some of these people, or at least people that were related to them. Um, I don't know. It's a, it's like I said. It's a, it's a blemish. It's a, a dark spot on this era. Um, and so I'm curious and and very you know intrigued to to go further into what we have to say here. Yeah. And one, one thing, I, I this just occurred to me, so I haven't necessarily thought it through very much, but it is interesting, another point of difference is when we look at, you know, it, in the era, you know, after Christianity has been legalized and becomes the official religion, what, what, the, the era of the great, you know, patristic theological development and, and debates, things like Council of Nicaea and Chalcedon, these, the ecumenical councils, people like, Athanasius and Cyril and the Cappadocian fathers, you know, like when, when Cyril and Nestorius go head to head and the church works out what is orthodoxy, what is heresy, Nestorius isn't put to death. You know, he's, he's exiled. Mm. Arius wasn't executed. He was, he was exiled. He was deposed. You know, they lose their, their, their position in, in the church because they're teaching heresy and, and they're cast out of the church. That that's, a little different than lighting them on fire on a stake. And I'm not going to say <laughs> that different. nobody in the early church did violence to other Christians. Right. That's not what I'm saying. But what, but what I am saying is like, there is this, the, the, the norms that are going on are, are very different. And, and I don't really know if we can how put we our got finger there? on, on something, you know, how we got there, what motivated it, you know why was why were why were the Anabaptists such a threat that Zwingli had to kill them? Why were the Protestants such a threat? Um, you know, if, if we look at someone like Arius or Nestorius, like I don't know, they see. I mean, I feel like they have to be as threatening, if as, not more, <laughs> if not more than than any, you know, pretty much any at least major group during the Reformation, right? I don't know. So, it, Well, what it, interests you know, not, me, like, yeah. in this conversation, and, and this is way above our pay grade, probably way above the idea of what we were trying to capture in this episode, um, but some of it might come down to even, um, you know, speaking of the image of God in humanity, speaking of um, what it looks like to, to live as humans in the world, to, um, to especially across um, ethnic or um, societal you know, boundaries. And I mean, Europe is, I mean, I know the, the borders of countries in Europe have changed dramatically over the, the centuries and everything. Um, but some of this is happening in very tight quarters. I mean, Europe is a, a small continent with lots of countries sort of packed in there. 
Um, a lot of change is happening very quickly. And it's not, again, like, like you said, it's not just change at a religious level. This is change at like a fundamental level of what it means to be English, what it means to be German, what it means to be whatever place you find yourself. Like you're, we're talking about a fundamental shift in, um, in, in all of what it means to live, to, 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 to do business, to, to worship. Every, all aspects of life, um, I think it's fair to say, are going to be affected by some of the changes that are being enacted here. Um, so it is no wonder that tensions were high, that people were put to death. Um, I know we can look back with 2020 vision and say like, well, obviously that probably wasn't a good thing to do. Um, but you do, you, you sort of stop and wonder like, what was it that justified in these people's minds putting other people to death? Um, like you said, for being an Anabaptist, for being a Protestant. Um, you know, was it just that these people were bloodthirsty? You know, I think of like Bloody Mary, for example, or whatever. Um, like, were these people just out for blood or... Uh, was there religious or um, judicial justification for, for executing people at the stake or drowning them or, or whatever it might have been? I, I, I don't necessarily know, but um, are there some people that we want to touch on to start? Or I think you mentioned something about proto-reformers, or did you have some more you wanted to say? Yeah, I think, I think it's good to kind of just... I, what I tried to do is, was think of some names and some groups and, and kind of organize them a little bit by different categories to kind of look at some different angles of, of this time period. And, and one of the, the first, you know, little groupings that came to mind were, were really people who, who were living and, and, and uh, writing and preaching and working before the actual, you know, reformation proper, so to speak um, in the, in the 14th century and 15th century prior to people like Luther and Zwingli and Calvin and, and Cranmer and all of that. Um, and just, a, a, you know, we'll kind of run through these names fairly quickly. We're, we're, you know, we're not going to give, like, a Christian of History episode for, for every people, every person or group that we mention. I mean, uh, some of them we've already done. Bunch. And we've, some of them we've already done. Yeah. Such as uh, Jan Hus in, in Bohemia, um, in Prague, is, is really one of, the, one of the big ones that comes to mind. You know, we've got this, he, he, you know, Luther pointed back to him as sort of a, prophetic forerunner to luther's own reforming project you know so um there there's definitely that 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 image of him as a proto-reformer is definitely an old one and i don't i don't know if it's totally accurate but it's certainly you know he was he was he was burnt at the stake you know they cooked the goose uh to you know because of his challenging um what he saw as abuses within the church you know, he wanted the lady to receive both the, the bread and the wine, not just the bread. He wanted um, these changes to be made within the church. You know, th th there was no alternative church at this at, at his stage, and that's not what he was seeking to do. Um, but uh, he his his beliefs led to a clash with the authorities, not just locally, but but you know, he even was summoned to a, an ecumenical council where he was condemned, and ultimately put to death and burnt, burnt at the stake. Um, another name would be John Wycliffe, um, who ha has some connections with Jan Hus, actually. It was, it was, I believe, if I have my history right, I believe it was some of Wycliffe's writings are actually kind of what started Hus. They, they were fairly popular. Um, they were, I think, translated into Czech, and they were pretty popular uh, among 
the 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 school that Huss was at, and uh, you know Wycliffe is known for his efforts to translate the Bible. Um, and in England at the time, which is it's something that's really fascinating is this this is unique to England. This wasn't true elsewhere, um, but it was illegal to translate the Bible from Latin into English, um, and that's what Wycliffe was trying to do. And and um, you know even as I'm as I'm saying this, it, I, I think I mistaking, mistakenly recalled him as being martyred. I don't believe he actually was. Um, Tyndale was. But I think Wycliffe's, a lot of Wycliffe's followers were, were suppressed, jailed, things like that. Um, and he certainly rep- represents this stream of, you know, pre-Reformation leaders of movements and, of, and, and pushing for things that that brought, uh, you know, if not martyrdom, at least at least suppression and persecution um, from the the authorities uh, within the church for, for their ideas. And then a third a third group, which is which is a group, not not a person, that I want to mention are the Waldensians. They actually still exist, um, but uh, they were a a movement. They were deemed heretical by by a couple popes, I believe, um, and you know. There's actually something called the Albigensian Crusades. So they were Waldensians because their name, their their leader's name was Waldo, and Albigensian refers to the area where they were in. I believe that's southern France. I think it's in the Alps. Um, but the Albigensian Crusades were literally crusades that were, you know, started by popes against these. Christian quote unquote heretics, um, the, these sort of you know pushing for changes and reforms to be made um, in Western Europe, and the popes, the pope or the pope at the time, calls for a crusade against them. So that that's kind of crazy to think about. You know, we think about the Crusades; it's traveling to to the Holy Land to fight back against you know the Muslim invaders, right? It's it's a very different image than you know these people who are in. Rome's backyard <laughs> and who are Christians. <laughs> and I think that's a really good kind of image of what we're getting at of just how different this is. Like what we mean by that is like, I don't know. It's a little weird to think that there was literally a crusade within Europe against Christians, right? Like it's just a good little, almost like a, a symbol, like a, like a prototype of kind of what we're talking about. Um, and that this is, you know, everything we've talked about so far is prior to the actual reformation itself. <laughs> so you know this this trend it, it it it's not easy to point to just oh if the reformation hadn't happened or if these people weren't born or didn't do what they did you know th- this is something that w- was well, for a long time part of the medieval church's um track record um it, and it's not unique to the to the church during the reformation um this sort of infighting that we see that we can look at christian versus christian on the basis of different um interpretations and beliefs and things like that um and then the other thing i kind of wanted to highlight was i spent more time looking at uh people who would be considered protestants or reformers who, who ended up being put to death both you know i have one group by people who were killed by roman catholics and then another group people who were killed by other protestants um and you know i think of in in england you have people like Thomas Cranmer, Nicholas Ridley, Hugh Latimer, um, the, 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 the persecutions that took place under Queen Mary, 
which we have talked a little bit about, I think um, that, that came up also in our Lady Jane Grey Christians of History episode. I, I'm pretty sure we've done a Thomas Cranmer that, that talked about that, obviously, and, and I think also actually Hugh Latimer and Nicholas Ridley. We've, we've touched on all of those, those three Oxford martyrs that are kind of grouped together. Um, but that's, a, that's another one of those just sort of, you know, prototypical, like, perfect examples You've got um, the Reformation is going on. You've got kind of this swing backwards as Mary comes in and tries to undo the, the Reformation and the changes that had taken place. And part of part of that involved arresting and uh, uh, executing the leaders of, of, of the Reformation in England. And, and that was, you know, everyone involved was English. <laughs> Everyone involved was part of the Church of England, but it was over a different understanding of the identity of the Church of England. It wasn't over which religion are we going to be right. in the sense of Christian or not Christian or whatever. Well, what's um, crazy to me about that yeah. real quick is that some of it was even like familial. Like we're talking mm-hmm. like in the royal family, some of the differences that existed. Yeah. And, and if you haven't listened to those older episodes, um, like basically Edward, I'm, I forget what he was. I What is VI? Is that six, seven, six. whatever, six? Um, like religious legislation that was passed under him is repealed by Mary when she ascends to the throne. And so basically Protestants who for a little bit were enjoying some, some, you know, a relaxed environment were suddenly faced with exile, um, basically like punishment. And so many, many were exiled. Um, Hundreds were burned at the stake uh, many put into prison, like we're saying. This is why she has the 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 nickname Bloody Mary. Like, right. imagine, like, this is... I know it's a drink or whatever, which is kind of ironic, too. But, like, imagine getting the nickname Bloody Mary because you put so many Christians to death. Some of which are your family members and friends. Uh, but we're talking about, like, at least 280 people that were put to death. Um, 56 of which, uh, of which were women. Uh, more than 30 died while in prisons. Um, and what's crazy is that uh, Mary's sister and successor, so the person that follows Bloody Mary, is Elizabeth I, um, and she reversed this Catholic restoration and basically denies papal authority in England. Um, So then now by 1570, um, the Pope uh, excommunicates uh, Elizabeth, um, calls Catholics in England to rebel. Um, There's, like, fear of invasion, uh, so like to some to be a catholic is a traitor uh to attend mass is forbidden and so like we have all this like crazy familial stuff going on like within an actual family there's division and then outside in the in the quote-unquote real world you have people that are just like there's this constant threat this societal threat of if you're a protestant you're facing persecution and then suddenly if you're a catholic you're facing persecution and it's like this back and forth game of ping pong of like no, you're in trouble. No, you're in trouble. Um, and it's just, it's like we're saying, it's its very, very different from what we've discussed, you know, previously. That's all I wanted yeah. to add. Like I, I looked, like you said, I looked specifically into that little era of the uh, part of the English Reformation because it is just so interwoven, not just in a Christian life, but within the the throne and, and who... Uh, you know, does what to ascend to the throne so that they can be the ones in power and then what they enact once they're in power. It's all just, it seems like a fairy tale or like a, you know, like a Marvel movie or something, but we're talking about things that like actually happened in, you know, 1500s England. Yeah. 
Yeah, and then, you know, jump just a little bit, you know, kind of south and I, I don't know, I guess southeast, I'm not sure, <laughs> into into France. Um, and the the Huguenots, the French Protestants, for, for I mean, really centuries were, were a sort of suppressed minority that they, 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 you know, were not tolerated. Um, but you have during the um, the 1500s, the sort of middle to late 1500s, you have, um, I'm probably not going to pronounce this right, but this, the, the Vasi massacre where a bunch of Huguenots are killed by, um, by noble forces. I'm not sure if they were royal forces, but at least noble. Um, and this, this leads to like 30 years of off, off and on violence and, and, and killing known but you know from both sides huguenots against catholics catholics against huguenots known as the french wars of religion um and it's just another example it's it's different than what happened in england but it but it's similar in in some ways with this 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 division within one country within one you know place where you have just this back and forth kind of almost like a like a tug of war but but i get you know the, the difference is like power is not really shifting the huguenots were always like I said, just this this very small minority that was not tolerated. But you do have this back and forth violence that that is kicked off with this this massacre and and sort of spirals into this thing where nobles who are Protestants are fighting against nobles who are Catholics. Normal people in the streets are are killing each other. Like really crazy, you know. And and you have you know whether we, whether we want to call these people martyrs or not you do have people dying for what they believe or at least at least that's the you know the factor that that kicks it off right that's the sort of the the thing that causes the conflict i'm sure there's there's more to it you know in terms of other other factors as well to that would keep people you know acting in violence so much but um yeah i mean and another thing like again not sure if this is a martyr but like Zwingli died on the battlefield. He he was a chaplain to, to Swiss mercenaries, but he died on the battlefield fighting against Swiss Swiss Catholics. <laughs> like he he the the you know the the battle he was in was was not against some you know foreign invading force, but it was Protestant Swiss cantons and and Catholic Swiss cantons were fighting. Uh, and what's the difference between them? It it's protestantism and catholicism you know it's not this super you know foreign other sort of thing it's it's you know at the end of the day a a religious disagreement within the same religion you know um and it's just it's just very sad and crazy to think about um i don't know if you have more to say sort of within this little category i've invented but it gets really sad when we move into the the <laughs> yeah. last few things I wanted to mention, which which are you know, the the those people who were killed, um, by by other, uh, reformers. Right. Yeah, um, and yeah. I I don't maybe I'll save it for like in summary type. So I I, I don't think I have anything to add um, at this moment. Okay. Um. So, not only were there people who we would maybe classify as part of the reformation who ended up being killed by protestants but to jump back to england real quick um there there are once uh i don't know if it was 
I don't, I don't remember when this happened. I don't remember if it was under Elizabeth, Elizabeth or if it was Edward's reign. But um, um, there are Catholic martyrs from England that are commemorated. They have a saint. They have a feast day in the in the Roman Church every year. And um, this is not minimizing or doing anything that you know. It's it's not saying, oh well, we have to forgive Mary for killing all those Protestants because the Protestants killed the Catholics too. It's more just like. Uh, this is horrible that a bunch of people died <laughs> over this. Like, you know, like um, it really did cut both ways um, in England um, in terms of this bat. Like, like, you know, England does feel very back and forth when you kind of read it. It's like, well, like this king is this, this queen is that they're doing this and that, you know, like it's very back and forth, like you kind of mentioned. Um, and then also again, if we, I don't know if we want to call him a martyr because he was a absolutely raging heretic who pretty much believed every major heresy that has ever been condemned but michael servetus is very famous for being put to death um in geneva while calvin was in charge he certainly was not the only person put to death in geneva um during the reformation but he's he's a you know a very famous one so i figured i'd i would mention him here um because he did not believe in the gospel <laughs> or, you know, I, I don't think I, I'm not judging his heart, but based on what he taught and believed, you know, he, he, he really was outside the pale of, of the church. <laughs> um, but, um, so I don't know if we really want to call him a martyr, but he is seen as a martyr by lots of people in terms of people who are maybe less concerned with orthodoxy and maybe a little more interested in like, uh, religious freedom and tolerance and things like that. Um, but the big one for me is, is the, the, the story of, of the Anabaptists. Um, so many Anabaptists, like the, the Anabaptists, as, as long as, as the Reformation was going on, they really were, they, they were always, you know, e e even if not like, uh, persecuted in the sense of violence, um, they were definitely persecuted in the sense of being ostracized and, and seen as a threat to society and, and really treated that way. Um, which is a, which is a very complex you know sort of historical question of why that is but um it was it was common in it for anabaptists to to you know there's this idea of, of uh the third baptism which is they, they so you know people who became anabaptists they, they they were baptized when they were born because this before they were all born before the reformation this first generation and then they were baptized a second time. That's where their, their name comes from. Anabaptist means to baptize again. Um, so that, that was their second baptism. And their third baptism was their martyrdom. Not in the sense that we sometimes see in the early church, like a baptism of blood, where, where the martyrdom itself is seen as a baptism. But literally, because the, you know, one of the favorite ways to kill an Anabaptist was to drown them. Um, to sort of, you know, a little bit like, punishment matching the crime in like a very gross literal way like the crime being baptizing again so the punishment being um drowning to death um and i mean you read that like this semester in a class at a history class i took i i read some it's 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 like this is this is the stuff that makes me so uncomfortable just to read like it's so it's such a horrifying sort of death some of these things like being being uh put in a cage that was then lowered 
and submerged in the river until until the bubbles stopped you know um really awful stuff like like no matter like i i don't you know i'm i'm no anabaptist but but like just really awful stuff to to hear and and um and, and you know many you know michael sattler is sort of the like uh big name of those zurich anabaptist like sort of that first generation under zwingli who who went further than he did and and um he kind of helped to lead michael sattler kind of helped to lead that group and, and and he was very uh you know infamously martyred um and kind of served as a bit of like like in, in the true sense of the word like like a, a real martyr for the movement um but but yeah it it, it extends beyond you know magisterial reformers killing anabaptists there, there's there's more to say obviously but um that's kind of what i wanted to highlight in terms of that side of things um is just this this really uh, like you said this this really ugly chapter it's uncomfortable it's dark and all martyrdom is uncomfortable and ugly and dark um but a lot of the martyrdoms we talk about and think about and read about aren't being perpetrated by other christians <laughs> um and all of these differences that they're they're really important differences they're 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 real differences. There are people in the Reformation era who are wrong about mm. really big things, you know, who are actual heretics or who are, at the very least, you know, obscuring the gospel through their abuses and all that kind of stuff. Um, but I don't know. I just but the question, like the question though, is like, is them. It, right? And yeah, the question is, is death the justifiable punishment or the or the result of being a heretic? You know, so sort for, for right. Servetus, for example, is is death then justified? Um, I think is where you get that's the the question you have to ask. And and I'm even thinking, yeah. um, I, I I'm even thinking about this this book that I I mentioned a couple weeks ago, um, but it's 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 about the era of quote unquote discovery. So think of uh, you know 14 1500s people coming from Europe into the uh, modern day Americas and. Um, this is some of this is during this time. Some of this is during Reformation. So the same leaders, the same popes that are like giving approval for these uh, settlers and these explorers to go um, are the same people we're talking about here when we're talking about putting people to death as heretics. Um, but like something that like I've had a hard time wrestling with recently even is like um, when we think about our, our history as Americans, a lot of the people that came here, a lot of the first people not all, obviously, but a lot of them were Christians, people who professed Christ, who were, who were seeking religious freedom or whatever. Um, but they, they get to this country where people are already living, where people are already established. Um, those people didn't just disappear. They didn't just up and move. But there was, you know, a lot of uh, mass killings, a lot of, um, you know, putting people to death um, simply because they were pagans, simply because they weren't Christians, simply because they were um, different. Um, and, 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 and part of me wonders if there was in this era, and maybe this is true of many eras, but like if there just was this ethos of um, death being the justifiable end or punishment to those whom you disagreed with, um, whether it be um, societal, political, theological, whatever it might be. Because when you, when, you, when you get to the end of the conversation, you have to ask, what was it that gave a person, well... <laughs> a conscience even, but like what, what allowed a person to put people to death for these things? 
Um, and that's something that as Christians, we have to wrestle with as Americans, but also as heirs of a reformation that um, enacted these things as well. And um, I think today, I, I don't know, I don't necessarily think we run the risk of having, um, you know, Baptists or Anglicans or Lutherans putting other people to death necessarily. Um, but I think we, we at least perpetrate some of the same heart in our speech. We perpetrate the same, um, you know, the same hate and vile, the way that we treat our brothers and sisters. Maybe we're not putting them to death, but we're definitely um, <laughs> at least uh, harboring hatred within our hearts. So we might as well and be re- murdering them. Remember what Jesus said about anger and murder. <laughs> right, exactly. So, you know, if, if nothing else, if you're wondering like, well, I'm not, I'm not putting anybody to death. I'm not a heretic. I'm not like... Uh, what whatever like well maybe this is a, a cause to pause and evaluate our own hearts as we engage with people theologically as we engage with people politically uh, what does it look like to have good and charitable charitable conversations because if your conversations always end in drowning somebody metaphorically speaking um, then you're probably not having good conversations and there's probably something that you need to evaluate within your own heart um, so yeah. yeah, this was this was a, a bit of a, a gloomier episode, at least in my mind. One that um, I ha- I was very interested to do after I you know sort of prepped, uh, but it's one that I think we might have to revisit at some point. This idea here of of Reformation era martyrs, and like you said, maybe these people aren't uh, martyrs in the strictest sense, but I think in a way they 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 died as witnesses to something that they held to, that they were convicted of, that they believed in. Um, even if others condemned condemned them as heretics, but um, yeah, I don't know. I hope I hope listeners um, walk away from this episode maybe challenged, maybe um, questioning and wondering, um, maybe thinking a little bit about you know some of these people that that we you know sort of put up in lights and venerate. Um, you know, maybe now we're seeing some of their um, some of their sin and some of their darker sides. But that's all I had to say. So why don't we uh, close it with a word of prayer? Yeah. In light of all that, I think this is a very appropriate prayer. Um, Let's pray. Almighty God, with whom the souls of the faithful who have departed this life are in joy and felicity, we praise and magnify your holy name for all your servants who have finished their course in your faith and fear. And we must humbly pray that at the day of resurrection, we and all who are members of the mystical body of your son may be set on his right hand and hear his most joyful voice. Come, you who are blessed by my father, Inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. Grant this, O merciful Father, for the sake of Jesus Christ, our only mediator and advocate. Amen. Amen. Well, thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Doxology Podcast, and thank you for listening to any episode. If you want to connect with us, you can find us on Twitter and Instagram at Doxology Podcasts. Uh, you're also welcome to email us. We, uh, you can send us that email to uh, doxologypodcast at gmail.com. We always welcome your feedback, questions, episode ideas, theme month ideas. Uh, give us a review if you're on apple Podcasts. like you know put a star uh, put a little review telling us what you like what you don't like Uh, it really helps us um, learn and grow as a as a podcast but we'd love to hear from you and until next time 